On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about confidence. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 41 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. For 52 weeks between the ages of 24 and 25, I'm going to be recording and releasing a weekly podcast to see just how much my life can change in a year. This is the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and it's a completely honest view into my life as I take on some fairly unusual things. And this episode right here is all about week number 41 in that journey. Right, hello. I hope you're well. Hope you've had a good week. Uh, For me, if I'm honest, this has been another one of those busy but uneventful weeks. I've basically spent the whole week in the office, working, meetings, recording content, uh, just kind of staying indoors. Uh, Both Caerphilly, the county where I live here in Wales, and also now uh, Rhonda Cannon Taff, which is the county very Welsh, isn't it? Which is the county where the office is. Uh, Both of those counties are now in local lockdown. And so things like going into Cardiff, like jumping on the train to go to the gym, like doing just about anything else hasn't really been permissible recently. And so I've basically either been at home in the office or on driving lessons. And actually driving lessons this week have been quite interesting. So Tomorrow is exactly three weeks until my driving test, and so you'd hope that I was moving forward into a position where I feel more ready for my test, but somehow today I actually moved backwards. And I think it might be because I've spent so much time recently driving an automatic car that going back to driving a manual for like three hours a week during my driving lessons recently has actually caused me quite a few problems. I keep finding myself in third gear when I should be in first gear and I'm sure if you drive you understand why this is a problem Um, it's something that has never happened before like this has never been a problem this has never been something I've encountered even as far back as my first lesson and yet today for some reason driving around for an hour and a half on this lesson all I seemed to do was take slow roundabouts in third thinking I was in first and pull away from traffic lights and junctions in third thinking I was in first. Like, it's a weird one, but as you can imagine, it caused a bunch of problems. So that's what I'm going to be focusing in on tomorrow when I have another lesson. Uh, that and also continuing with the battle I have with myself every single time I go near a roundabout to not shit myself. And so that's where we're at with driving. Three weeks to go. A lot to prove on. Sorry, a lot to improve on. But um, we're getting there. And to be honest with you, I'm just going to book as many lessons as is necessary between now and my test. Because although it's likely to get expensive, it's definitely going to fall outside of the budget I've set for myself each month for driving lessons. Like way outside of it. I would rather spend a lot of money now uh, to, to hopefully avoid failing because... As I may have mentioned a few weeks ago with the DVSA uh, and the, the driving test backlog at the moment, if I fail this time around on the 9th of October, it's very unlikely that I'm going to find another test anywhere 
to to take before the new year so i really need to pass this time around so lots of driving lesson talk to come in the next three weeks i'm sure what else can i tell you about des des the three-part drama on itv this week about dennis nielsen was fucking incredible um if you didn't watch it please do yourself a favor and lock yourself away for three hours this weekend and get through it it's so good it's so well produced you'll thank me later Uh, and also on the topic of good stories i know i'm 24 so this is going to sound like an unusual sentence but i've just started reading harry potter and there's actually quite a long backstory here but basically i haven't read a fiction book by choice once in my whole life like never have i thought oh, I fancy reading a storybook and picked one up. That's never happened. And I think that the last time I even laid hands on a fiction book was about 10 years ago in school. But a couple of things happened recently that led me, believe it or not, to read Harry Potter. And the first is that I've heard in a few places recently that reading several books at a time, uh, some of which are fiction and some of which are non-fiction, so like reading a mix of books at any one time can help keep you in the routine of reading and can actually help you get through more books in a shorter period of time. Uh, And so that's what I've been trying. I've been trying reading fiction in the evenings and non-fiction in the mornings. Uh, But when it came to fiction, there was, of course, the question of what do I read? And being honest, I probably couldn't name 10 fiction books right now, even if you asked me to like put a gun to my head give me a hundred thousand pounds I probably couldn't name 10 fiction books but of course I knew about Harry Potter and of course I've seen a couple of the films and so when I was talking about books with Chloe in Poland a few weeks ago uh sorry we were talking about Harry Potter not books uh, I thought fuck it I'm just gonna order the whole lot and see how quickly I can get through them and I'm actually really enjoying it I'm just over 200 pages into the Philosopher's Stone I almost forgot the name of it there, not a good start, but uh, 200 pages in, really enjoying it, flying through it, and this is all a big surprise, so I think that by the end of this week, I will have finished the first book, and then when I'm back in Corby, I'm going to move on to the second. And so there's that, uh, and alongside that, if you're interested, the uh, the non-fiction book I'm reading right now is The Personal MBA, uh, both good books, both very different but we're making progress and it's nice to be doing something that, for me at least, is quite unusual. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today, because, you know, I love my seamless links. I want to talk about doing unusual things, but I don't want to talk about unusual things like reading Harry Potter, because really that's not that unusual and that's a terrible example. What I do want to talk about is the idea of doing unusual things that lead to unusual outcomes. Now, this is something that I wrote about to the newsletter group earlier this week because a couple of days ago, I was reflecting. There are just over 100 days left of 2020. And so the other night, I found myself thinking about this year, thinking about what a year it had been so far and reflecting on everything that's happened and asking myself what I think I will take away from this year. And Interestingly, I think that my biggest takeaway from 2020 won't actually have anything to do with coronavirus. It'll actually be something completely unrelated. 
For me, 2020 has been different to 2019 for one fundamental reason, and that is that I've finally trusted myself enough to do unusual things. Now, bit of context here. For most of my life, as you probably know, if you've known me for a while, I was really unconfident. If you knew me in school, particularly between the years of like year 10 and year 13, you will know that I really wasn't that confident at all. Yes, I was loud. Yes, I loved a good argument with teachers. But that was more of an overcompensation for a lack of confidence than it was for actual confidence itself. I would, back then, do almost anything to fit in, to try and avoid attention. I would go to great lengths to be normal. Because to be anything other than normal was to be open to criticism, or so at least I thought. And so this went on for years in a way that it does for so many people, right? You take a step, you make a change to avoid being different because you don't want people to point at your flaws. And so to do that, you change who you are. And by doing that, you become a less authentic version of yourself, which makes you view your own flaws even more critically, which pushes you further down that hole and the cycle repeats. And it's that cycle, I believe, that causes so many people to do literally whatever it takes to fit in. It's why most people look and act and dress and talk and think in the same way. It's why groups of friends look like they could be brothers or sisters. It's why everybody's in a race to buy the most expensive things, regardless of whether or not they can afford them, because everybody else has them anyway. It's why people go to university without a second thought, because everybody else does it. And it's why some people even settle down with people that they might not actually love, because their friends are settling down. Everybody else is doing it and they can't be different, right? A majority of people base their whole lives around acceptability. Be accepted or risk being outed as different, as weird. And this is something that I spoke about a few weeks ago. You might remember when I was discussing the power of being unusual, the power of being weird. And I I mentioned that evolutionary, it makes sense that we want to fit in, right? You might remember I said that, you know, millions of years ago and four millions of years when we had a small tribe, when we lived in the bloody desert somewhere where there were lions trying to kill us, it made sense to fit in. We relied on fitting in with the tribe because to go against our tribe, to seem different, it put us at great risk of being pushed to one side, of being rejected from our tribe and of being eaten by a lion as a result, right? Obviously, I'm simplifying things here but you understand where I'm going with that we're hardwired to want to fit in so it makes sense but times have changed like I spoke about in that episode and now being different is literally the single biggest factor deciding whether or not you will live a happy and successful life and I'll go back to the word happy a bit later on actually because there's something I want to share with you on that uh, which I think is really really important so I'll remember to come back to that but focusing on that episode when I was talking about the power of being unusual, I think that there's something critical that I missed out a few weeks ago. And it's this that I realised whilst reflecting the other night. It's all well and good to say, be different. Be who you really are. Don't worry what other people think about you. Those things are easy to say. 
but they are far harder to actually live by. And that's because in just saying those things, we're missing out and we're ignoring one crucial ingredient. Confidence. What I lacked for so many years and what finally this year I started to build. I I started to build the, the confidence and the conviction to actually do the things that I wanted to do, to take actions that lead to worthwhile outcomes in spite of what others might think, and quite honestly, in spite of what I might think. Because we are so critical of ourselves, and side note here, but I think a lot of people get this wrong, because typically when we hear phrases such as, we're too critical on ourselves, it's it's normally followed by some nonsense about why we should stop pushing for our goals, and it's fine to be a lesser version of ourselves, and let's just all take a step back, but I believe that the opposite is true. I think that we're critical of ourselves, but that we need to take action irrespective because I've tried both approaches and I can tell you that the the stepping back and uh, taking your foot off the gas because you lack confidence option is the wrong one. Instead, in my opinion, the right approach is this. You need to realise that nobody is born confident. Nobody is inherently more or less confident than the next person. And confidence isn't some sort of preset personality trait. Confidence is built and is earned. And you are the only person who can add to or take away your own confidence. You just need to realise that and then take the right steps. And I think that this is the way you build confidence, at least in my personal experience. Firstly, you need to take an audit of where you're at. You need to try and understand what things that you currently feel comfortable doing and what things you don't feel comfortable doing right now. And then once you have a kind of rough list of the things that you're fairly aware that you don't currently feel confident doing, I think you need to try and understand, at least from like a top level view, why you feel uncomfortable with certain things and once you're at that point all you need to do easier said than done but all you need to do is work backwards and create tiny steps to get from where you currently are to where you want to be now literally in the last year alone i could give you a dozen examples of how i've done this exact thing followed this exact process to build my confidence in a bunch of different areas but For now, on this podcast, given that we all know about it because we're all listening to it, I'm going to use the most obvious example, which is this, this podcast here. So, like I told you before, this podcast is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. But there is no way that two years ago, I could have sat in front of a microphone, spoken for half an hour about some of my biggest secrets or personal challenges and then blindly published it to the internet without a second thought and then on top of all of that publicized it encouraged people to go and listen to it and yet now that's what I do every single week without fail and I've done it for 41 weeks in a row so how did I go from having no confidence to being able to do this with such uh, kind of mindless ease well it started with a similar order to the one I just explained. I knew, a few years ago, if I'm honest, I knew that I wanted to share my thoughts out loud, right? I just didn't know how to do it. 
I didn't know how these thoughts would be received, and I didn't know where to start. And so I stripped it back to the basics, and, you know, this this isn't some sort of hypothetical example. You can go back and look. These things I'm about to mention exist. This really is the process I followed, and it's a process that I'm still on. I'm sure there are more levels to this to come, but, you know, you can go back and click on my Instagram and my Twitter and look for the things I'm about to mention. This stuff exists. This really is the process I followed. So I stripped it back to the basics. I asked myself, would I be confident with a podcast? Something that I knew I wanted to do. And the answer was no. How about with short videos posted to the internet? No. How about with tweets? And I thought, yeah, I already tweet. I think I have a a reasonable level of ability when it comes to writing. And I could start tweeting my thoughts on life without much exposure. You know, it's easy to tweet. Nobody sees you do it. You're just sat on a keyboard, on a device, typing some words. You can delete it if it goes wrong. There wasn't much exposure with the tweeting option. And so that's what I did. Around 18 months ago, you may have noticed, I changed my style of tweet. I went from using Twitter predominantly as a pointless stream of consciousness to using it as a place where I shared my thoughts in a more considered way. And we got about 100 tweets in and it went fairly unnoticed but in a good way, right? There was no backlash. Before long, my confidence was at a level whereby it felt safe and it felt acceptable and I felt confident to share my thoughts online, albeit only in the form of tweets. And so at that point, I upped the ante. Around a year ago, again, you can go back and look, I started publishing these quite rough one-take videos to IGTV where I would discuss in a slightly longer format uh, some of the thoughts that I had previously shared on Twitter. So I would take a tweet that I thought was particularly interesting and then I would think out loud on the topic that the tweet was about for between, say, five and ten minutes and I'd publish that as a video to Instagram. And these videos were me on camera speaking, thinking on the spot and trying to add colour to the previously black and white thoughts that I had shared online. And it's something that I would never have done before I started the tweets, but seeing the response to those tweets gave me the confidence to give it a go. And so I did. I recorded a few videos. I published them to the internet. And believe it or not, nothing bad happened. None of my fears about what people would think or say or write in comments came true. And... Before I knew it, speaking to a camera about my thoughts became easy and my confidence once again grew until such a time that I wanted a longer form medium to think out loud. And that's kind of in a roundabout way where this podcast came from. I went from struggling to write 240 characters without being terrified of hitting send to being able to think out loud for half an hour at a time in the space of 18 months, and I did that by progressing step by step. And that's how I built the confidence to do this, and that's how I believe you build the confidence to do anything. You need to change the story of who you are in your mind, and this is something that I've also spoken about before uh, from Darren Brown's book, Happy. The stories we tell ourselves about who we are as people are bullshit but more importantly the stories we tell ourselves can change they're malleable right you just need to take 
account of where you lack confidence and then you need to give yourself tiny votes of confidence every single day by taking small but difficult actions increasingly difficult actions until you can change who you are until you change that story in your mind about who you are because that's essentially what confidence is confidence is that voice in our minds that says you can't do this or somebody's going to say something or you know you're not qualified they're just stories and the way you change stories in your mind is by convincing yourself that that story is wrong and that another story is right and that's what i finally got the hang of this year i've trusted myself to get there eventually and that's all i needed to get started on the journey of taking unusual steps because unusual steps lead to an unusual life and I think we should all be aiming for an unusual life for the reason that I mentioned earlier when I said that living an unusual life is essentially the key to happiness. And I was having a conversation a few weeks ago about this, about, uh, I might get her name wrong, Bronnie Ware, I believe her name is, and her deathbed regrets work. Now, Bronnie Ware is an Australian nurse who spent several years working in palliative care and it was essentially her job to care for patients who were in the final 12 weeks of their lives. And she asked many of these people who were literally about to die what their single biggest regret in life was. And the top answer, the most common answer of people who were about to die who were asked what their single biggest regret in life was, was this. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. Now, these people who gave these answers, they didn't need to front anymore. They had no reason to cling on to their ego. They were in the ultimate position of reflection. And all they wished for in that moment, they wished for nothing more than to be able to go back and live a life true to themselves rather than a life aligned with what others expected of them. Now, those people didn't have a chance to go back and change their lives, but we do. And so I think that we need to do something about that. And being able to do something about that, I believe, starts with building confidence. And so that's what I'm going to continue to work on for the final hundred or so days of this year. And it's what I'm going to continue to work on long into the future. And that's it. That's all I have this week. Um, That got deep, didn't it? But I really believe in it. I really, really do believe in the fact that um, a worthwhile life, a meaningful life, a remarkable life, or even just an authentic life, is one that is based around the things that you truly want to do, the things that you truly want to say. Uh, And they are so often, for so many people, held back because we fear what other people will think of us, right? And I think that to remove the fear of what others will think, you really need to double down on your self-confidence. And like I said, not to repeat myself, but that is something that you can build. And a lot of people don't seem to realise that in my experience. We we treat confidence, like I said, as if it's a personality trait and not something that can be fostered. And so, yeah, as I was reflecting on this year, it was nothing to do with coronavirus. 
that uh, really caught my mind when I was reflecting on what I'll take away from this year is the idea that without sounding cliche, we really can do anything we want to. We just need to believe that we can and then work towards it. And again, that starts with confidence. And that is all I have. So thank you very much, as always, for listening. I hope you have a good week. Um, What am I doing? I have a driving lesson tomorrow. Hopefully a more successful driving lesson than today. And then I think I'm off to the uh, off to Corby this weekend. And then uh, my mum is away seeing her family when I'm back home, which means I'll be home alone for a week. Uh, and I'm kind of excited for that. I love a good old bit of solitude. So I'm excited to just be on my own for a week. Of course, I'll be working. Of course, I'll be taking phone calls and doing video calls. But in the moments when I'm not, I'm excited to just have a week to myself to focus, to get stuff done, to relax, to do whatever I want to do. And so that's what I'll be doing for the next week. But in the meantime, I hope you have a good week. Thank you once again for listening. And I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 42 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.